Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Who's a Good Dog? I'm Kate Lever, journalist and author of the book Good Dog. My faithful hound and co-host, Bertie the Dog, cannot guarantee he will be awake throughout this recording. He went on a short walk this morning and will be resting until further notice. On each episode of Who's a Good Dog? I invite someone lovely to come and answer a bunch of weirdly specific questions about their dogs. Today, my guest is Australian actor, model, and filmmaker Phoebe Tonkin. She's played a mermaid, a witch, and a vampire on television shows H2O Just Add Water, The Secret Circle, Vampire Diaries, and The Originals. She's going to be in a horror film called Night Shift, but I'm afraid it might be too scary for me to watch. She's an ambassador for Chanel, and she has her own fancy sustainable tracksuit company, Le Jour. Her family dog is a small treasure called Lola. Phoebe. I've known you for quite a long time, and I think you've always loved animals. You might even remember the maniac poodle my family had when we were younger called Sweep, who ran around and around in circles and didn't know how to go in a straight line. Your mum used to sneak him into the movie theatre because he was so small. Oh, my God, I'd forgotten that. And take him to the Cremorne Orpheum. She did. Oh, my God. that oh, I had completely forgotten that. He was a little maniac. Very cute. But we used to say his brain was donut-shaped because he didn't know how to walk in a straight line. Can you tell me, before we get to your current dog, Lola, a bit about the dogs of your past? So my very first word as a baby, actually, was Dari because our horse family dog was this beautiful golden retriever called Kari. And... Golden Retrievers will forever, ever be. I feel like whatever your first dog was, that breed will always be, you know, at least on the very top of your list of favorite dogs. But beautiful, beautiful Golden Retriever. And 
she was around like maybe two years. She was like my parents' first kid. And then, um, and then I came along and yeah, beautiful, beautiful dog. And my first word, Dari. Oh, that is so sweet. And I agree with you. I mean, yes, I agree with you about the first breed being special, but also golden retrievers are just angels. Yeah, angel dogs. Are very smart. So smart and really lovely around kids as yes. well. Yes. Um, I mean, I think a lot of dogs are. My dog meant my perfect angel niece, Poppy. And uh, after she, like, pretty soon after she was born, they met and he would curl up in a ball right beside where she was sleeping because he just understood that she required extra protection. So why are you such a dog person? What do you love about dogs? I mean, I think because I kind of came into this world and Kari was sort of already part of the family you know sort of mom dad and curry and I definitely I don't like I have mom's dog Lola who I consider my you know dog as well and to be honest the only reason I don't have a dog now is just because I travel so much and even though I can travel domestically with dogs it's just you know an extra layer of just like organizing and complications and things I think when I settle down and find a place to permanently live that's when I'll finally get a dog and hopefully it's a golden retriever um I guess, I don't know. I mean, I've always loved animals, you know, and I think in Australia, I always say this, like just innately by being Australian, you're just so much more aware of like the environment and, and you know, the animals in Australia. And I think that's why all of us were so, so affected by the bushfires last mm. year, not just because of obviously how horrific it was and watching our country burn but the idea that all these animals that we just have taken for granted as being such a big part of you know our country so many of them perish in that fire it was it was just heartbreaking um and you know we had a farm growing up and I rode horses and we would bring curry to the farm and so I think yeah I've just always I've always just loved loved animals and been very um you know I think in Australia as well you know, even though, I mean, we, we, we lived in the suburbs, mm. but well, and it's not a far drive to kind of be out in the country or in the bush or something. And, and so, um, I think you're just really aware of just nature and like sharing the space with other beings and, and protecting the land that we live on and things like that. So I think, yeah, I think in general, I just, I just love animals, mm. but I really particularly do love dogs. <laughs> yeah, I think they're the best ones. <laughs> um, I would love to hear a little bit more about Lola. So if you could sort of indulge me with her age, her breed, her credentials, you know, why you brought her into your life or, or perhaps why your lovely mother Jane brought her into all of your lives. So Lola is a Yorkie and I think she's eight years old now, which is crazy. And I actually, mum and Abby didn't tell me that they were getting a dog. And I had been in LA and I'd come home for Christmas and they had kind of done all of this sneakily. And they came to pick me up at the airport and Abby was waiting in the car at Sydney airport. And I come in and she's holding something. <laughs> you know, when you're like, it's, it's such a, something is so exciting that you're kind of shocked. You're kind of like, what's, I was like, what is that? And it, Lola was so small when she was like a puppy puppy, like, cause she's still tiny. So she was just this tiny little thing. She was like a guinea pig or something. And they, yeah, so they, they surprised me, but they hadn't named her yet. So then we spent the next day 
thinking of names. I don't know where Lola came from. It could have been, I think. I think she we was were... a showgirl. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She's just the sweetest. And truly, whenever I think about going home, like the visual I have is walking and opening my gate and Lola just like running up. Like it, like it happens the same way every time I go home. And she's always so excited to see me. And I swear she <laughs> recognizes me because mom says like she just doesn't get that excited for everyone else. And then when I am home, because I'm not there often, she barely leaves my like, arms. Like oh. I barely walk around. And not as much this last time because I had to get up so early and she loves to get up even earlier. But normally when I go back, <laughs> I'm like just there for Christmas and stuff, she sleeps in bed with me. And we spoon, like I'm the big spoon and she's a little spoon and she just kind of, but she does this thing where she, she kind of knows that I want to spoon her. So she gives me like five minutes. She's like a boyfriend or something. She gives me five (laughs) minutes and then she kind of sees and checks that I'm like almost asleep. And then she kind of like burrows out and goes and sleeps on the, curls up on the end of the bed. Um, But she is, she's the sweetest, the sweetest little dog. And I really, I really miss her. And I was so sad when I, when I, every time I have to leave to say goodbye, you know? Oh, it's so sad. Um, Whenever I FaceTime my mom and my sister, I always put Bert, my dog, uh, in front of the camera and he just doesn't understand, you know, how, how phones work. I'm always like, say hi to mom. And he just, yep. you know, sits there like a dog. He's like, I'm a dog. I don't understand this technology. Do you ever f- try and FaceTime Lola? Does she know it's mom you? does pretty much every, because she's always pretty much on mom's lap. So every time we call mom, she always just kind of turns the camera. And sometimes she does it for a little too long. I'm like, okay, mom, like, I <laughs> obviously want to see Lola, but I, I'm here to talk to you. So can you please turn the camera around so I can see you now? You get to see her. I do get to see her every time I speak to mom on FaceTime. Oh, cute! It sounds like uh, your mom and I have similar annoying FaceTime habits. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I do that when I'm on the phone to my family. I'm like, "Here's Bert. Here's here's Bert. Have you seen how beautiful yeah. Bert is today?" And they're like, "Um, okay, but he's not much of a conversationalist. When you know, we want to talk to you." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Lola's about eight years old. Um, which is actually the age that I got my first dog as a grown-up. Um, I don't know if you would have met or perhaps seen pictures of a little shih tzu called Lady Fluffington, who was the love of my life. I do remember Lady Fluffington. Yeah, oh, she was an angel, RIP. Um, but at eight, is Lola kind of like leaning into her slightly twilight years or is she still really peppy like a puppy? That was my concern when I went back this last time because I hadn't seen her in over a year and you know yeah she she is she's getting closer to those twilight years so I, I was expecting her to be a little slower and a little quieter she was only quiet because she just had a little hip operation because she jumped oh. jumped off a tall bed and she had a little hip <gasps> so other than like a little bit of like mobility issues she was still like a puppy and she mm. looked like a puppy like it's I think Yorkies start to kind of go a bit gray they start looking, you know, like little old lady Yorkies, but she, uh, she still looks like a little puppy. And mum says that when she takes her down to Balmoral, she's like, everyone comes up to her and everyone wants to pet her and, and, um, and say hello. But yeah, so she, she does still look like she's like a year year old puppy, one year old puppy. And do you think, um, with regards to her mobility issues, do you think your mum might like 
get a chairlift or a um, a little set of stairs built to go up the bed. Probably should start thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. I think now Lola knows she can't like climb up on the couch. And so she'll just bark and bark and bark until we grab her. And sometimes I'm like, so, you know, relaxed on the couch and she's on the other side. I'm like, oh, just get up yourself. I don't want to get out of this <laughs> cozy spot. Just get up yourself. So she probably will have to get some sand. I don't. Lola's pretty ditzy though. I don't, I think it would take her a while to figure out like to get yeah. up there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So perhaps like, you know, intelligent wouldn't be the first word you would use to describe her. I think she's just like, she's kind of a bit of a golden retriever in that, in that she's like just so friendly and just like, like I I kind of think of golden retrievers as a bit like ditzy blondes. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not so stupid. Lola's not stupid. Kari wasn't stupid, but they're just like, they're just sort of like always happy to see you and and always just like hyper. And, um, but she, yeah, I'd say she's in touch. I definitely feel like, especially like, how she recognizes me after it, like over a year. Cause like, unfortunately, like you, we don't get to go home that much. Hmm. Um, I definitely think she's smart when she needs to be, when she needs to be smart. Oh, I mean, that's the best kind of situation, I reckon. She's just made of sunshine and can use her brain when it's required. She's definitely smart when, and she's eight, so she knows she doesn't get fed from the table, but every night she tries and she kind of like looks at both of them. Like if I'm there having dinner, I'm like, like tonight, it'll be the first night in my eight years, my lucky night, but I'm going to get fed from the table. <laughs> One of my favourite things about dogs is they're just like insurmountable hope. Yes. Is that against all evidence and a track record of never getting a thing like food at the table, they still hope. Like Bert is the same every night he's like is tonight the night that I'm going to sleep beside you with my head on the pillow yeah. is today the day that I'm going to have cheese for every meal Just, yes. I love it we should all be more like our dogs yes. yeah. <laughs> I'm Sam Clements host of the 90 minutes or less film festival another podcast in the stripped media family a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have come from the worlds of film, television, music, food, comedy, and podcasting. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So my boyfriend's always asking me what my favourite thing is about Bert, mainly because he knows I, it makes me happy to talk about my dog and also I really love to rank stuff. Right. So I just, you know, come up with my top three personality traits that I love about my dog. Um, and I would say, you know, it's very difficult to narrow down, but I would say his enthusiasm for cuddling, the very delicate way he arranges his paws sometimes, and his gentle nature. Do you have favourite things about Lola? There's definitely, like, something that she does that I just find just so unbearably cute, especially if I'm on the bed or the couch. She can't, like, she's sort of like me. Like, I find, I find it really hard in bed to find a, like, comfortable position. So I'm always mm. top and turning in, in my sleep. And she sort of, like, does about five spins, sits down. She's like, that, no, that's not the right position. Then she'll, like, turn <laughs> a little bit. Like, the way she, she tries, she obviously knows how to feel extremely comfortable. So she, she tries extremely hard to find like the perfect position for herself. And I just find it so, like, I just watch her doing these sort of like spins and sitting and then moving and spinning. And, and then another very cute thing she does is just like no regard for personal space. Like I'll be sitting <laughs> there and she'll just walk on top of me and sort of just stand there. And I'm like, she's like a goat. I'm like, I'm like quite lanky. She's like, you know, and legs will be up here or whatever. And she's managed to find a way to put her forefoot, like her, you know, paws somewhere that she can stand. And she'll just sort of stand there until I'm like, okay, you either either sit or get off me because this isn't comfortable <laughs> for me. And you're about to fall off and then I'm going to have to grab you. She also has this little pep in her step. And she's, she's always like the way that she walks and she's so small and she has these tiny little legs. She sort of, it's, yeah, I would describe it as she always has a pep in her step. She's very bouncy mm. when she walks. So oh. those are three favourite things. Those are good choices. And I would say, especially with the with number two, the standing on you, that I'm glad she's spiritually a golden retriever yes. but physically much smaller. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. golden retrievers are heavy. Heavy. Ooh. Basically, I wrote a whole book about how good dogs are because I was so touched by how my dog Bert uh, treats me when I'm depressed or unwell. And here I am recording a podcast basically about the same topic. Do you think Lola and, in fact, for that matter, other dogs are good for our mental health? A hundred percent. And, I mean, definitely there's been times here in L.A. where I've really wished that I had a dog for that reason when Hmm. no it just gets especially here sometimes it can get very lonely because it's such a transient city like most of my friends that I've made here are people that I've met through the industry or that people work in a similar industry that they're kind of you know flying here and flying there and sometimes there's a, a lack of consistency 
and it can definitely feel really lonely. And actually a friend of mine, Lara, had a dog called Otis. And so I would babysit Otis Mm. when I was just like, I had broken up with a boyfriend and I was at their house and I was sort of doing the same thing I do with Ball. I was just like not letting her leave my, my lap. And I turned and I was like, can I borrow Otis for the next five days? I just feel like I need like, I feel like I just need a buddy around and I think it'll give me, you know, and, and it, it, it's true, like it kind of gives you purpose, you know, especially when you're in those moments where you're finding it a little hard to get out of bed that morning or, or a purpose to get out of bed that morning. And when when I had Otis here and I was feeling just down, I knew I had to take this dog for a walk. Yeah. And by the time you've done that and then you've come home again, you're like, okay, that was step one. Like, I've gotten out, taken this dog for a walk, and then you have to do it all over again later in the day. And so it definitely forces you to, to, to do something physical. And that obviously is something that is so beneficial for you when you are feeling depressed and lonely and anxious and things. So it's sort of the catalyst for you to do the one thing that everyone tells you to do. <laughs> yeah. In a very cute package. And, and <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, definitely, I mean, number of times that like you hear people say, get a dog, get a dog, your life will change for the better. You'll finally feel like it's not just about you anymore. It's about this other being that, like you said, has nothing but the best interests is so hopeful and is so inspiring in that way. Um, and at the very least will get you out of bed and take you on a little walk. And it, and you're doing the dog, the walk for the dog, but ultimately you're, you know, doing it for yourself. Oh, I totally agree with everything you've said. Plus, yeah. I find also it's so lovely that they don't have any questions to ask no, you. No judgment, no question. No, and you know, even the most beautiful, well-intentioned people in your life, and the people you are happy to tell anything to. Sometimes you're just in that zone where like you don't want to be asked anything and you don't even want anyone to say, how are you? Or, you know, do you need to chat? You just want like just the little snuffly noises of a dog. Yes. And nothing else. I'm, what's your star sign? Sagittarius. Okay. So I'm a Cancer. So I just love being at home. I love it. It's my Mm. favorite in the world but that can also sometimes breed like by default a little bit of like okay Phoebe like we even though it's by choice and not necessarily like a mental health reason that I'm at home you can sort of start catching yourself and being like oh I'm like mimicking a little bit of like depressive tendencies because I just I really value my own company and I value being home and so when I have had either Otis, who is my dog on load at times, yeah. or Lola, it can kind of, it, it kind of makes you go, okay, no, I'm, I'm, I'm home, but it's for a good, a good reason. And it's a positive thing that I'm home and I get to be with my buddy, my dog. And, and it doesn't feel sort of just like, I'm just like by myself walking around my house alone for five days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I really get that. Probably not so much for star sign reasons, but for yeah, yeah. kind of like introverted reasons. I yeah. very much like being at home. Like when we first went into lockdown, I was like, this is going to be fun. And I've been training yeah. my whole life for this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then it went for a little long and I'm like, okay, I yes. would like socialize and live my life and see 
other things besides, you know, watching Love Island and reading books in bed all day, but... <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. I wanted to channel Hugh Grant in Notting Hill a little bit when he pretends to work for Horse and Hound magazine and ask, have you ever worked with a dog actor in any of your acting jobs? I haven't. Actually, I worked with a wolf once. <gasps> oh, my God. Was that when you were a vampire slash that was when I was a vampire. And there was a wolf there and it, he was the most majestic, beautiful creature. It was quite surreal because... Wolves sort of feel like like a made-up animal. Yes, I know. Isn't it weird? And you don't really, I mean, I don't live in a place where you see them like in the mountains or something. It's not like I live in the snow or anything like that. And he came on set and it really did look like a unicorn or something. It was mm-hmm. such a real animal and, and he was so well-behaved and he was just pretty much like a dog. And I kind of forgot that he was a wolf and I was sort of like rough-housing him a little and that dog. <laughs> Like, I don't think you should be doing that. <laughs> this isn't a dog. This isn't a golden retriever. You don't get to like, you know, scr- you know, scratch you on the head like that. Yeah. I've ever worked with a dog dog. Just on the wolf. Is that like a wolf with an acting career? Is that wolf like available for hire in various movies and stuff? So there's like whole industries basically of like, yeah, trained animals. And look, I should preface with these, especially the uh, animals I've worked with, they're treated so well. They're not mm-hmm. like, kept, they're not like circus animals where they're kept in a cage and then they're like brought on sand. And, you know, most of the owners are bigger dog or animal lovers than anyone. And if anything, they're just like living a fairy tale because they get to live, you know, on a big farm or something with all these incredible animals and treat them you know, like family and train them and bring them to set. And they're like the number one, you know, protectors of these animals. And if there's anything, that's why even when I was patting the wolf, the owner was like, okay, like relax. Like, it's, you know, <laughs> get yeah, away my, my wolf, please. Um, but yeah, there's like, I mean, wow. people train magpies, <gasps> snakes. I mean, maybe don't train a snake, but you definitely like make it be okay being around big groups of people. I have worked with a snake once before and I, I have a real phobia of snakes. <gasps> Same. Snakes are not my animal. Um, but yeah. What did you was... have to do with the snake? Did you have to touch it? So I had to touch it. And <gasps> and the thing is with snakes or with all animals, they're so intuitive to like energy. And I think this snake, oh, it's like giving me a heebie-jeebies in here. <laughs> we'll move on. We'll move on. But it wasn't poisonous or anything. And I think... And it was really hot. And the other girl that was holding the snake felt quite comfortable with it. But I went to touch it and I was so nervous that the snake, I think, could feel it and like stiffened up. Mm, and I yeah. just ran. I ran right out of that studio because I was filming and like <laughs> in the back a lot. And I was like, I'm not going. I can't go back in there. I'm sorry. You're going to have to. And so this lovely, like my stand in, so sweet Abby, she like, put on all my clothes and they curled her hair like mine and she did the scene because she was much more comfortable in the scene and then the snake was fine and he was like kissing her and like you know slithering around but with me I just I, I was just too too scared yeah oh my god I I, um, I could not do that so I guess you are sort of not going to be in a contestant on I'm a celebrity get me out of here anytime soon <laughs> bugs I'm fine with 
like I had a spider in the bath yesterday and I like just put him on my hand and was like, mm. you go, you don't want to drown. Um, but he, but yeah, snakes, I just, snakes are not my thing. I was going to say snakes would be like my second least favorite animal, but my absolute least favorite is the eel. I just saw a, a TikTok of an eel that like jumped out of his, it was quite sad because he shouldn't have been in this tiny tank. He jumped out of a tank on the floor and I all but threw my phone on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Just, I just can't with an eel. No, oh my God. I, I just, I oh, also just can't. It's not my thing. Mm-mm, no, no. Well, let's hope you never have cause to have to work yes. uh, with an eel. Um, we'll move on because um, we're both getting the heebie-jeebies. Um, w- one other sort of filmmaking question. Uh, I know you also like to write and direct films and I look forward to, you know, all of your future projects in that capacity as well. Have you considered or will you consider making a film about dogs? Oh. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, what's a good, there hasn't been a good dog movie in a while. No, well, there was a Red Dog, I think, that classic Australian movie. And actually, having heard you mention the name Milo, there was a dog and cat kind of double act movie called Milo and Otis when we were little about a puppy and a kitten who make their way home down a river or something. But you're right, apart from that, there aren't many dog movies, so it could be a gap in the market for you. Yes. (laughs) They do say, though, like working with children and animals is the hardest which is probably why there's not a lot of dog movies yeah. because you either need like five dogs that look identical because ultimately dogs don't want to act. No, they, they do not. Act. They want to jump around and they want to eat. Um, so I definitely think it would be an ambitious movie to write a direct if it was a <laughs> But you never say never. Like if you ever hear for any roles going for Gremlins or Ewoks, uh, my dog being a shih tzu um, would be perfect for them. Um, also just like sleeping dog in background, I feel <laughs> he would be incredible. <laughs> I'm going to ask you some specific questions about Lola, just because at the end of every episode we do a little quick fire section. <laughs> what is Lola's favourite food? Ooh. She does dry in the morning and wet in the evening, but I actually couldn't even tell you what it, what it is that she eats. That's terrible. <laughs> I always find it so funny with dogs because they eat so fast. And I always go, are you sad? You've waited all day for this. And now it's gone after five seconds. I gave Bert a slice of cheese the other day and he was so excited like I had offered him gold and he was so excited and he I don't think that when he ate the cheese I don't think it actually stayed on his taste buds right for a second it went like from my hand immediately down his throat yeah yeah Yeah. they have they have no idea how to savor good food yeah (laughs) does Lola have any best friends at the park or how does she get on with other dogs she gets on very well with other dogs actually I mean, she's definitely a very curious dog and she's definitely like walked up to very big dogs before thinking that they were her <laughs> friends, which I think all small dogs do. Yep. Has Lola ever done anything embarrassing? Has she done anything embarrassing? Well, she might not have. She might be perfect. I think she is pretty perfect. Mm. You know, not to use the P word, but she, 
I mean, she's definitely has caused mum grief because she'll put, she's quite strong for a little dog and she'll, mum will put her on the leash and then we'll see a rabbit or something and just go off, you know, a million and pull <laughs> mum. And I think mum's had a few like cuts and scrapes because oh. she's been a rabbit. So we could put that under embarrassing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. What a savage beast. Tiny <laughs> little savage beast. What is Lola's opinion on cats? I don't think she's ever met a cat. She definitely barks at the possums and obviously the rabbits she loves to chase. Mm. I don't know if she's ever seen a cat. Well, fair enough. (laughs) She's got plenty of possums to keep her busy. Has Lola ever seen you on television? And if so, how did she react? She'd have to have because mum always obviously watches everything I do and knowing Lola, she's sitting on her lap while she's doing so. So I would say yes. Yeah. Whether she's recognised me, because normally when I'm home, I'm like slouchy in a hoodie and like (laughs) on. So if like I was looking like that in a TV show, she'd probably recognise me, but I'm sure she's she's at least probably heard my voice. Well, it must be confusing. Maybe she just thinks it's a FaceTime. Yeah. Do you say any crazy secret things to Lola when you don't think anyone else is listening? I don't, but I definitely talk to her. Mm. I definitely kind of like mutter things to her or like talk to myself, but it's directed at her kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you should say that because I was just thinking the other day that I have whole conversations with Bert and even when I'm saying, like, even if he's scared during a thunderstorm or something and I'm patting him and saying, it's okay, it's okay. I actually feel like I'm sort of talking to myself and comforting myself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Do you have a special voice you use to address Lola? And if so, do you feel like demonstrating? I, I don't know that I do. I definitely don't do like a baby voice with her because I really do feel like she's like on my level. Mm. She's my buddy. She's my comrade. Like she, so I don't think I, I don't think I do. Well, you know, it's a level of respect you have for her yeah. that you just address her like an equal. On my level, like an equal, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's really all I've got unless there's anything you want to add about, you know, upcoming projects or dog thoughts. I think that's it, but I will have to keep in mind that we need a new dog Ruby and I yeah. need to be the one to try it. Yeah, I think so. I reckon you'd do a beautiful job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Phoebs. That was so lovely. So fun. Thank you for listening to Who's a Good Dog. If you liked the show, hit subscribe on your favourite podcast app and tell your friends at The Dog Park. If you didn't, keep it to yourself. And if you really liked it, I actually wrote a whole book about dogs. It's called Good Dog, celebrating the dogs who change and sometimes even save our lives. It's about my dog, Bert, and how he helped me through depression and 10 other good dogs who've helped their people too. There's an autism support dog who looks like a loaf of bread, a schnoodle who woke his owner up from a coma, and a Labrador who works in an Australian court of law. Basically, if you like dogs, I can almost guarantee you'll like this book. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok on at KateIlever. This episode of Who's a Good Dog was produced by Arlie Adlington.
Original music is by Luke Batt, and the artwork is by Ryan Hodge. Emotional and moral support provided by Bert, the objectively flawless Shih Tzu. Who's a good dog? You just heard a stripped media production. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.